we're going to open up in Art's Shock of Radios that everybody just left to go about their various activities to deal with this hunter problem, leaving you and Raven working on the software side of things. Setting up this booby trap that you want for the hacker to kind of lead them to wherever it is that you're going to set this up at. There was starting to be some conversation about the sheriff and his interaction when you wanted him to stake Coco, and I think Raven was probing with some questions and ideas about how Art felt about the Camarilla. So, uh, clickety-clack, clickety-clack, uh, do you think it is Art or do you think it is Raven that breaks the programming silence? I think it's going to be Raven. Okay. After some time passes, she will push her chair back a little bit. Is this, I guess, paint me a little bit more of a picture here. Is this a full setup in here where you have like desks and chairs, or is this a situation where you have boxes and milk crates to facilitate places to lean to put things on top of? Or is this, you know, where do we find from the thrown together real quick to the more permanent setup art has taken the shock of radio and turned it from the usual storefront that it was and he's taken a lot of of care and attention in order to turn it into a fully functional dilapidated storefront so where somebody might be able to peek in through the store closing signs and see uh like dusty displays and stuff that's empty you know you've got a shelf that's half hanging off of the wall uh that that rack is actually got a fold-out desk so you can actually set the desk up and and put your computer on it and work from there he's uh done some fuckery with the walls he's put up like tin foil like i said he's got um a single access point uh, which is a hardware access that runs to uh, another piece of hardware that lets him him and him alone connect to other points in the mall. Uh, he's painted everything uh, not quite black, but kind of that it's dark, but it looks kind of dusty, kind of give it that, that whole age thing. You know, he's got some cleverly applied dirt on the windows and everything. But there are desks that fold out from the shelves. There are chairs available um, that slide out from from underneath the, the displays. The sales counter with the register is still there, and they've still got the shelves from behind where he's got notepads and other little things there. In the back room, all of the stuff that a shock of radio would have is back there so you know spare wires gadgets doodads all the stuff to cobble together like an old radio system or get an rf converter so you can play your nes classic on a, a genuine 13 inch television like all that's back there so we can cobble shit together and there are no screens in here. Like he hasn't set this up to be a command center. It's too exposed. But in terms of you know wanting to go in there and make things work, it from the outside it looks shitty enough that there's no reason to go in there. But there's plenty of function inside. Intentionally dilapidated. Yeah. So she's gonna push her chair back from the desk and give a stretch that is meaningless because as vampires you don't tire like that but we'll just motion towards the her side of the setup and look at, there what do, you, what do you think about some of that or to look up from what he's doing and kind of slide it to the side and then do that that thing where you lean forward and you roll a chair and then turn so you can scoot back with your feet and move really fast he does that to scoot over there that's adorable uh it it is and it isn't it's like, yeah, uh, a flesh-eating ghoul should not be able to do that, and yet. And he does a, a quick look over. Yes, 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 uh, yes. 
yes, I think this this will work. I think this will do just fine. It will keep this uh, short stick online long enough for us to trace and uh, send out for pickup. It is excellent. This is excellent work. I imagine Art is actually being genuine with his statements and his assessment. Yes. She she pauses for a moment and then gets a smile. And it's just like, yeah, it's it it feels good to do this kind of work with somebody that actually understands what the fuck is going on and what any of it means. Cause trying to explain this motioning to the programming and stuff that she was working on to Really, anybody out there is just a lost fucking cause. I, uh, I, I completely understand. Uh, this, these are things that I will start to explain to the rest of the coterie, and they just the eyes glaze over, and there's just no point. So I just say, look, I make sure it works. Here's the thing. This is where they do. This is why they do not understand that I have cell phone tracking. I can find them on the cell phones that I provide them at any given time. It's how I found. Um, Coco School and uh, what happened there it, it seems I, so easy but they do not understand it an eyebrow goes up when you mention Coco School yeah. oh there was a um, small disagreement between the Baron and Coco regarding um, a uh, 1985 IROC-Z and its um, structural integrity. And uh, let's just say there was some collateral involved. But everything is fine now. That old-ass piece of shit he drives? Ah, do you know how much money I've made off of that thing? I mean, uh, how much can that really be worth? Well, the market for car parts is at the premium, especially right now. And I made the special... Uh, dispensation to make sure that any available parts for a 1985 IROC-Z had to be go through my Etsy account. So everything that Jimmy had to buy and pawn off on Sal in order to get the money to get parts for his IROC-Z, the money went back to me. Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> and also kind of funny. Uh, it was very funny, yes. We do not do that anymore because the prince started to get involved after the whole Sabat thing. So I decided to get out of that part of the business. Now I'm just setting up a um, a luxury Uber service. I own the vehicles. I contract out the drivers. It's like a cab company, but I don't have to treat them like people. She gets a little bit of a look. I mean, you could treat them like people. He holds up his hand. I am joking. Of course, I treat them like people. Um, uh, mischief's ghoul, Kelvin. He is one of the chief drivers. I have him as a goofer all over the place. I wanted to make sure he had a better car. He is trustworthy. He knows us. He does not ask questions. And he has, eh, I guess, as a ghoul of a herald, he has a little bit of official backing, right? So, you know, I... We vetted the drivers to make sure that they're okay with the likes of us. I have control of the cars. They are paid well. They are comfortable. We have medical facilities we are setting up here. They have clinic. They'll be able to, to have the health care as good as we can get it, even if it's only at night. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing what I can for the people. And it is taking small steps, but the steps are becoming larger. It is very... Very heartening to see in this um, this distant space future that we have compared to Berlin in the 1960s. Was there anything of global historical importance that was happening during then that somebody would learn about in school? Because she doesn't strike me as a uh, as a student of history. I don't think it would be something that she would know from that, but I'm curious if there is anything going on. Uh -huh, yeah. So the thing that she absolutely would have learned was that the Berlin Wall was erected August 12th, 1961. I think that's important. Yes. Um, 
Other question, because I know you're prone to doing this now. Can you smoke in here? Yes. Okay. Uh, she'll take a couple of steps away from the computers and then uh, get out a cigarette and offer it to you. Uh, he'll take it, and then he will pull the the little uh, electroplasma lighter from his pocket that goes clicky-clicking and uh, light it, offer it. When you offer it, she's like, that's an actual really good idea. All things considered, you know. Uh, I agree. You know, it used to be I, I like the danger of the thing, but then somebody showed me this, and I fell in love with it. This thing works anywhere. Yeah, and when you've had a bad night, you don't have to worry about ripping somebody's head off. Exactly. Or, you know, running away in fear from your left hand. That's true. She takes a, a puff or two. Um, and it's like, so, uh, which side of the wall are you on? In the 1960s, the North Feratu were on both sides of the wall. And uh, I stayed on the Soviet side because that is where I was from. And that is where the network needed me. It was also easier being a creature of the night in those days. I can imagine no YouTube or smartphones. or. Uh, yes, that is, is correct. There was nothing like that. At the same time, the the intelligence agencies, the Central Intelligence Agency of the Americans, the MI6, um, the the French, the Spanish, and then of course the KGB, the Stasi, we had extensive files on everyone. And as as members of the network on both sides, so um, I and my cell, and um, we 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 played both sides. We had Americans, we had British, we had me. And so we would make sure that uh, certain records would disappear from archives and go into a different one, one that was controlled exclusively by us. And that meant that if people disappeared, it would not be as damning if uh, something was to turn up a body drained of blood, say. But generally, all we had to do was cosh them over a head, and uh, drink our fill. It was very difficult to be hungry in those days. But I do not miss them. I do not miss those days. Well, that sounds awful. I mean, I get it. We drink blood and stuff, but just the, the whole idea of just like bonking people over the head to, you know, kill them or whatever. Yes, it it is so, but... This is also during a time when Europe was was rebuilding, um, the underground was rebuilding, that our world was rebuilding. We lost so much during the war, and that was all over. The only ones who did not lose anything were the Americans. The British were bombed. The the French lost near everyone um, when the, the bombs came to Berlin. Uh, everybody took the chance to to knock the royalty down a peg, and so we lost several elders. Oh, the firebombing in Dresden was so terrible. We lost everyone there. There's there's not a peep from Dresden to this very day. Nobody wants to step foot there. So it was very easy to disappear people because we had nobody left, and that is why we had an explosion of Eastern European Nosferatu in those days because. The clan needed to to replenish their stocks, get new people. It wasn't uh, Sabbat-sized, but it may as well have been. I thought it was always just for the accent. I could speak without this accent, you know. I've had 60 years to figure it out. I don't think she has a real answer for that. I think it's just the, uh, just like a silly smile of like, this fucking guy. Yeah, he'll grin back, and it's it's not one of those like, oh God, why is it smiling type of things, but it's actually a, uh, he, he knows he's having fun. She lets, lets it hang for a moment on just the, the laughs and the good times and the, like, camaraderie that is being shared here. 
I don't know where she would take it next. Unless Art's got somewhere he would take the conversation. Uh, you know, he'll, uh, he'll let it hang for a second, take another drag from his cigarette. You know, even the Camarilla was rebuilding then. It was very difficult for them for several years. I don't believe it was until 72, until the Venture got the foothold in West Berlin at the time. Just because there was so much going on. And of course, you know, we were playing all sides to, to kind of keep things quiet. But when we got closer to the fall of the Berlin Wall in the late 80s, 89, I think it was, that's when we learned that uh, the rules that we had lived by were going to change. And most of us were comfortable with that. Yes, it was easy to disappear people. And because the Soviets had to disappear so many people, it was very easy to just hand them off to us, and then we would just make them vanish. They would reappear. You know, they have no wounds, but they'd been drowned or strangled or whatever. The bodies would come up from the from the river, completely drained of blood. They would go to one of our coroners, and they would say, yes, this person was drowned. They fell down some stairs. They were strangled. Take some pictures, make a mark in the file, off they went. All of that was going to change. Because the old ways were no longer working, the the USSR was failing. The West was was becoming ascendant, and the Camarilla had made their choice. We were no longer to operate as we had, and we had to move along with the times. And the Nosferatu love moving along with the times. It's how we stay at the forefront of of the the world that we live in. But it was personally difficult for me. I won't get into that. But that is the reason I came to the to United States, to America. It's because I could no longer stay in Berlin. And I could not go back home to the old country. So my sire and I made an agreement. He would stay in Europe. I would come over here. We would sever ties. It would be amicable. And I would go do my thing. And so I end up in the S end of the Northeast in maple syrup country. And I can't even eat it. It's terrible. But it's not all bad, you know. I make friends. You are very nice to be friends with. You do very good work with the software and the hardware. I see mischief is rising in the esteem of the Camarilla. It's wonderful. I see Jimmy is existing. I see uh, Coco breathing fresh life into the gangrel of the city. Yeah, it is. These are good days, vampire hunters notwithstanding. You think all these old fucks will actually be able to adapt to the times again? Well, Raven, you know that the times are changing so fast that if they are not applying themselves to it every evening, as as I do, or are naturally adept with it as you are, it will be nearly impossible for them. I spent night after night looking at cathode ray televisions, radios, uh, radar and sonar displays, playing with listening devices made of of, of, of uh, chewing gum wrappers and old circuits from from stereos. I saw I saw the birth of the Betamax and its death like six months later. I was watching it. I was hungry for all of it, but. Jimmy is not even that old in in terms of kindred or in terms of actual like years upon this earth. And he is forever stuck in the last decade of the Soviet Union. It may live on in my heart, but barely there. He cannot escape it. He cannot escape the decade of the 1980s. I think anybody older is able to do that. I really do not. Which is why they're all disappearing. Well, that's all spooky shit. Not all spooky shit. Supernatural bullshit. I I get it, you know. And she's gesturing to the fact that you are both vampires, but like even the the ones that are going don't know where they're going. Yeah, it is true. You know, I heard the rumor about twenty years ago 
that one of the originals awoke one of the antediluvians one of the very one of the, the the third generation awoke in eastern europe went on a rampage nearly wiped out his clan they had to call an airstrike jets flew in dropped bombs of napalm directly on him in order to not even kill him but slow him down he was unstoppable he didn't don't know what even that text message was he thought it had to do with a carrier pigeon which are still very useful even today you can give them a little cell phone sim chip tie it to their leg let them off they flitter around find your contact that land he takes the sim card off and look untraceable phone he looks as though she is about to you know throw aside your idea because clearly carrier pigeons is a dumb idea but then it's like all right maybe that's not a terrible idea at one point, I was going to keep pigeon cages on the roof of Mall specifically for that. But then, you know, they came out with those new quad rotor drones. I'm like, yeah, those are a little bit more fun. A couple of them loiter over the domain now. It's a lot more information to flow through. But eventually, I'll get kind of a proto-AI going that's able to scan through it all and find anomalies. But it's 20, maybe 30 years of work in the future. It's not like I don't have the time. And who knows what it'll come up with in that time. Right? Outsource it to the kind. They're fabulous at this kind of thing. But hey, we'll see where even the Camarilla is in 30 years. They're still doing things the very old way. And uh, unfortunately, the moves they are making are ones that are archaic enough that the the mortals can, can see. They can detect it. He can look at it and say, that's not right. Why is this this way? She pauses for a moment on this subject. Looks like she's thinking about asking a question and then asks a question, which may or may not have been the question she was considering. But she'll ask, so did you ever... No. What do you, what do you think of our prince compared to other princes you've, you know, been around? I knew the Prince of Berlin when I was very young. I mean, not not as a fledgling Nosferatu. I mean, when I was alive. You knew the Prince when you were alive. When I was alive. I didn't know it at the time. Uh, but I was in Berlin during the last bombings in uh, 1944. I had been... Um, well, a long story short, I was very young and in the Soviet army. Take that as you will. And uh, during some particularly nasty fighting, I found a nobleman. who was a very nice old man. And uh, I had held him prisoner overnight. And he, we got to talking. And he knew Russian very well. He thought all of this was also amusing. He told me it was the second or third time he could remember that he had to hide out in a bombed out basement while hordes ravaged the lands above him and i asked him what what did he mean was he further east and he had to to retreat with everybody else and no he said it had not been since the boer war that uh, he had uh, experienced this and I thought that was very strange. I didn't know what the Boer War was. I didn't find out until many years later. But when morning came, he was gone. There was a pile of ish. But to answer your question, I think our prince is good. I remember very little of Carthright, but I tried to stay out of the way when I first got here. The willingness to work with the barons of the city is it's a shrewd move because the camarilla does not exactly have the power base in springfield like they do in chicago or new york or washington dc or miami now let's face it none of us go to miami too much sun far too much sun far too much cocaine oh <laughs> I think that she is in a difficult position, but 
she does not have the support that she needs to extend the reach of the Ivory Tower, so she's playing the only game that she can. And there are other games going on, I know it, I just haven't found them yet. It's like a gambler can always find a poker game. When he walks into a room, he can smell it. Let his just follows his nose to the scent of, of a velvet poker table and the clatter of plastic chips. It's the same thing with the intrigue. You have a nose for it after a while. He gets a little conspiratorial. Having long since finished the cigarette and just kind of... Hmm. She gets a little conspiratorial and just leans in a little bit. You know, you could have kept your position. You've been able to root out all of these little intrigues and plots you're talking about. You know, it is very true. I could have done so. But the last time I was a hound before now was not a good time for anybody. I fell afoul of the scourge one too many times, decided with the blessing of Munich at the time, probably I was to stay out of the limelight. Authority and I don't seem to get along. Besides, here, I can still do the digging, and I'm not at the bacon and coal of anybody. Yeah, but it opens up a lot of doors for you, you can get away with a lot of shit that you wouldn't normally be able to get away with. Not that I've done anything I need to worry about getting away with. She gives you a grin. Yes. Nothing to do with plants. You have no. to remember. Hmm? Don't know what you're talking about. No, no. I did not expect that you did. But I had to deal with a certain gift of plants to Coco, and I have to set up an operation to grow them. I haven't done the research on the plants like I was hoping to, but I found this excellent little schematic. You can put them in a Tupperware container. You poke the LEDs in the top of the lid and you keep it sealed and it grows like three times faster than it would if it was just outside. It's incredible. Like they're actually growing? Yes, of course they are. Huh. We set up small operation in uh, Forever 21 in the changing rooms. Huh. I wasn't actually expecting them to grow. Like, obviously at the at the place where we got them from, there was a setup for actually like growing. I wasn't actually expecting them to turn into anything that was like actionable, I guess this is the word. Oh, so the thing you had nothing to do with, you do know about that? Huh? Okay. Like I said, I get to investigate a lot of stuff. You get to investigate a lot of stuff, yes. Um, Yes, the plants, they are growable. What I'm going to do with them yet, I don't know. Um, Coco seems to think they are of the smoking kind, uh, the ones that the kind like to, to roll up into the paper. These do not look the same. They are something different. But like I said, I have to do more research on it than I've been otherwise distracted by um, vampire hunters and um, uh, the tip between the Baron and Coco and uh, the thing with, with mischief. Um Apparently trying to eat someone and getting staked? Well, that's all resolved. That's not a problem anymore. Raven looks like, wait, what? Oh, yes, just between you and I. Of course. Uh, mischief had to be staked in order to stop a frenzy. I haven't found all of the information yet, but it involved an experiment in the breaking of a blood bond. As Art explains this whole situation, the thought is forefront in his mind. The reason he is doing this is because he does not want Jimmy to pull this shit again and want somebody else to know about it. A little insurance policy on his behalf. Correct. So you see, it is part of the bloodline that... Uh, apparently allows a Malkavian to be able to shatter a blood bond through through mystical bullshit. We'll see. And the experiment did not go the best. 
But she is fine now. We checked in on her. I spoke with her earlier this evening. You saw her. She was here. But if she wears high neck shirts for a couple of days, now you know why. Yeah, that shit hurts. (sighs) Yes, it is not something I forget. Big guy had an idea that it shouldn't be something we're afraid of. So as part of my education, you could say it was once or twice that I had to deal with it. She kind of rubs right about where her heart would be. Well, well, I know it'll, it'll be fine, but it's still not enjoyable at all. It's not. And if he was smarter about it, he would have just have you, have you wear, uh, like a, a breastplate, right? You know, from, um, the Marty McFly movie, um, Back to the Future, the third one, with the train. No, I'm afraid I don't know that. Was it, it in color? It was in color. Anyway, time-traveling boy aside, there is a, a movie in which he watched that somebody was in a gunfight. It's one of those duels at high noon. And he was certain that he was going to be killed because he would be shot in the heart. And so he took a piece of iron plate from a from a chimney stove and tied it to his chest. He had a bulletproof vest. And so when he was shot with pistol, he fell down, but he was not injured. He was putting on an act. Many words. Quick point. Wear a breastplate under the shirt or chain mail or some kind of light armor blocks the stake, then you don't have to worry about it because the second you're staked, you're done. You should be afraid of it. You want to avoid it happening. Well, yeah, obviously you're, you don't want it to happen, but there was there was some stuff he told me about it's a military training where they would intentionally expose you to you know, getting maced or whatever, uh, so that you would have, you would know what it's like, so that if it were to happen, the panic would be not as bad. Like obviously, it's still a panic thing, but you know. Yes, I I understand the theory behind it. The security forces, the military—that is what they do these days. The the. The point behind it is less that you you get over the fear of it, but if it affects you, you know how it works and you know how to counter it. You know how to work through it. You can do that with the tear gas, with the pepper, with with the maces and being sprayed. You cannot do that with steak. It goes in and you're done. Sure, but you at least aren't locked in your own head, panicking and trying to figure out what's going to happen next. You know that... You know that you're coming out the other side. You know that the vampire movies aren't this, you know, you're not going to die from it. Some people do. Yeah. And part of me wonders if that's what he was trying to make sure that I wouldn't. <laughs> that you wouldn't turn to dust the second the stake hits your heart? Perhaps. But there are too many things left to chance. Yes, they might put the stake in. And leave you there. Or they might cut off your head. Or they might throw you in the pit and light it on fire. Or they may leave you where the sun will find you. Yeah, but you know, you can't really do anything about those. I've never heard of anybody surviving having their head cut off. Yes, that's true. I haven't heard anything about that yet. Would be impressive. Perhaps there is a Tremere spell or a Banu Hakim spell that lets you put your head on uh, another body. It uh, makes it so your soul does not escape your body when the head is severed. Sounds like something they'd be up to. It would be something they were up to, but I don't think that is the case. No, it is true. The stake is not something you ever forget. Mark, have anywhere he wants to direct this, or should we pass some time? We'll let it hang for a second, and then he will say, so what did you learn from being staked? 
it was oddly relaxing and we have so much power and so much capabilities and the things that we can do right and this was a situation where it's you just get to let go of some of that freedom i we're always wondering about not wondering we're always worrying about the masquerade keeping things safe keeping things quiet not showing this that the other thing but it's like you just get to let go and just flow with it and there's nothing mm. that you can do about it hurt like a motherfucker and I... took forever to to heal but i learned that after a few days you start getting very hungry and then after a week it's all you can think about and after two weeks you start going a little crazy in the back of head and by that third week when they finally pull you out of that crate put chains on your hands and your feet and remove that stake you understand why they did it why they chained you up and you are grateful to them until that chain snaps and then you are just mindless he's kind of looking off into space that hundred yard stare just kind of nodding we are going to get to some dice rolls tonight uh, can you roll me a wits and awareness roll? I can indeed. Three successes. She looks a little bit shook by that statement and that description. As if uh, when she was staked, it was not for that long. Then maybe her education in the process didn't fully uh, encompass what it could truly mean to be that helpless. And it snaps out of it, shakes his head, turns back to face her. Anyway, that is how I came to America, in a shipping crate, in a container, on a boat, from Bremerhaven to New York, with 16 stops. In order to load on cargo, I saw all of Western Europe in terms of being inside a black box, eyes wide open, stake through the heart, styrofoam packing peanuts. It's 1991. I think I got through so quickly because the thing in uh, the Middle East was starting, the Gulf War, the invasion of, of Kuwait. Customs wasn't paying too much attention to a cargo container from East Berlin. I think by then they just didn't even want to think about it. We should uh, check on the the compiling. Oh, yes, we should. That's um, good. good eye for diligence, yes. Well, you know, we're here for a, a job. That's right, and then we're going to get these hunters, and we are going to get all of the information from them, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. You guys head back inside and start finishing up with your your little trap. And then she's silent for a little while while doing this. Um, if you want to break a, if you want to continue the conversation or break the silence while you're finishing your trap, you're welcome to, or else you guys will finish in silence for a little while. Uh, he'll probably let it go for about 10 minutes. And then without looking up from what he's doing, he'll just say, so how are you finding your position in the wonderful world of darkness that we live in, being a hound to a prince in um, what the Camarilla would largely think to be a backwater? Personally, I love it here. I don't have to worry about nearly as much as I did in the old country. Well, people listen to me a lot more. It's no secret I was brought on to help with technological things and uh, the big guy in the 
and I share a lot of a lot of views on the systems and stuff and about the world and how it's all bullshit and that's probably why he chose me for this. But he also has the, the same idea that you can't change it from the outside. So it's got to be changed internally or else people fight you. Uh, that is fair. But what is it that uh, he wants to change? And what, what is it that you want to change? Art was in the city when the prince took over, right? Uh, he would have been, yes. Okay. He begins to talk about how it was back in the day. Back before the prince, the current prince, took over. Uh, about how the previous prince was someone who would rule with an iron fang, who was territorial and authoritative and all of this other stuff. How he needed to have everything go his way and everything to line up. And how a lot of people were upset about it. And how several of the the kindred in the city, Vinny included, were getting kind of sick of this shit. And were making plans to overthrow might be the right word overthrow might be too gentle of a word for what they wanted to do but it was always something that was just kind of murmured about and when the previous prince would catch word of it well the prince holds the right of destruction for a reason but then the new prince took over and she goes on to say how some of what she's learned through Vinny and through some of her own talking and stuff, is that the current prince, Prince Phillips, had uh, had gone for a more political approach than her sire had, and in the process brokered deals for shaping the city the way it currently is, and that Vinny, as one of the one of the loudest rabble rousers you know, she draws attention to the fact that she is Bruja, just like he is, obviously, and that that is what they are more or less known for is revolution. Uh, was one of the people that was leading people against her sire and initially didn't want to support her praxis. That sires and child are don't often stray that far from each other. So in the process of her taking Praxis in those early nights of her reign, she made him sheriff so that he would have the authority to police the city in a way that made sure things wouldn't get too crazy. And perhaps the part that is less known publicly about this is that there was a lot of respect for the prince from Vinny gained when she did that. It shows a level of trust in other people that kindred don't often place in other people. And Raven continues that she's she's had conversations with the prince too, but before this promotion and stuff, uh, shortly after her embrace about what what she was expected to do and to help make sure that the city is safe on a technological standpoint. And then Raven looks up at you with like serious eyes, not like a, a sad or like a um a sad or a forlorn expression or anything negative like that, but uh Raven tells you that the prince told me that she doesn't understand what it is that I do but trust that I will do it to keep our people safer than what they would be without me doing what I'm doing. And then she breaks back into her more, you know, fuck everything attitude. But she could have just been fucking with me on a level that, you know, I, it had been a couple of months at that point that I was even made. So who knows what all these older fucking people do besides real fucked up shit 
Yeah, besides real fucked up shit, yes. It's it's funny that you say that because my interactions with Prince Phillips have been largely the same. She has the ability to trust, and that is not something that the kindred can do easily. And when you're old enough, it's not something that you can do at all. After a few hundred years, you've seen it all. You know what somebody is going to do. You have this feeling. And perhaps it is just the paranoia. I have plenty of it. You start losing sight of kindred and kind as people and more as assets and then liabilities and then threats. You are securing Springfield, the ivory tower, technologically. And that's only one small part of the city. I secure this domain. The uh, Baron Walton's domain, his barony, I secure it technologically. I do as you do, and we collaborate. You know, it's like, yeah, obviously. What about the others? Abishai does. He is Nosferatu. I know he does. What about Rutger or the others? But the the venture mostly outsource their stuff to people they pay a lot of money for. Most of the shit I do there is involving background checks on the companies that they hire to make sure they're not questionable or double checking this, that, or whatever other bullshit that they're doing. Abishai doesn't even really like letting me into his turf. Especially no. not recently. No, not at all. What an asshole. It, it was a little surprising when he did what he did. But uh, we got a lovely Russian nightclub out of the exchange. So I guess I cannot complain. But How yes, long has it been since all of that bullshit? Has it been like a week since they attacked the mall? It's been like two nights since they attacked the mall. Okay, so she probably hasn't heard of that yet. Correct. You're off the hook for that one. Uh-huh. Art did some scrambling to make sure that nothing happened. Yeah. Well, anyway, continue. Yes, as, as I was saying, the, the prince trusts us. And there has been no other Camarilla territory where that has even been a thought. Everything is an exchange using archaic rules set up at the Convocation of Thorns 400 years ago. 500 years ago. Very long time. And our generations... Okay, your generations. I'm just kind of plodding along at my speed. It is as distant to you as the dinosaurs. It is the methods that are ancient. And to see a prince break away from those traditions, in a way, it is refreshing to see. But it is dangerous for her and for the rest of us. Because if the larger cities find this out and decide that perhaps... Prince Phillips is not operating in a manner that befits the Ventru clan or the Camarilla, that there will be a power struggle. And the Sibat may or may not try and re-enter the city if they smell weakness. But frankly, if she's willing to let us lie low, live and let live, or unlive, as the case may be, we simply keep the quiet peace, but you are able to use your blush of life and go out on the night clubbing and have a good time. That's enough, is it not? We do not need the naked ambition that we've seen in, in princes in times past. Cartwright was powerful. He was stern. He was, yes, iron-fisted. He is everything I expect of a Camarilla prince. I saw it in Berlin after The Last Prince. I saw it in Munich. Uh, I saw it in Barcelona. That was a story. But I do not see that here now. 
times are changing. They are not changing fast enough. I think the Camarilla is still far behind the eight ball, but they are changing. And for the Kindred, that is very surprising. You ever dig into her? The Prince? Yeah. A little? Nothing nothing too serious. Uh, I have found that if you start making any kind of quiet moves to those in power, it inevitably gets back to them. So this would be anything surface level that someone would expect to see if you're like, okay, it's like a job interview or you're meeting them for the first time, kind of getting that um, baseline. Let's follow up with just a simple, not a simple, because a lot of the conversation has not been simple. Um, just like the, I guess I just get the feeling that she's also trying to change things and also from the inside claim, you know, Praxis might not become a, an anarch city. Because I think if that happened, if it happened on another coast, then overt moves would be made and we would all be in danger. I agree with you. I think the prince is trying to change things. I think the prince is trying to find a equilibrium between Anarch and Camarilla and perhaps even the Kine. And in this grand experiment, all of us have had an unusual amount of freedom to do as we feel is best. That has created some strife. Baron Walton and Donovan, for example. But I see this as a way for us to rise above our base animality. We rise above being a pack of dogs trying to slobber at each other, trying to crush each other's throats, and become civilized get out of the um damn it that jimmy's had me watching uh sweet 16 again and now all i can think of is the 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 high school the dr- dramatizations like uh, in the glee show or all of those things on the disney channel back in in the day um what that that, that juvenile picking order it, it reminds me of the best parts of the Soviet Union when we were all equal. If you can maintain that, it is best for all because none of us would be left wanting. Our needs would be satisfied. We could work on actually bettering society, both for the mortals and for us. Because frankly, if the mortals are happy, we live like kings. We grow fit. One of the things the big guy always was talking about is this Carthage idea that he says was. I heard that story. Yeah. It it sounds like a, a fun story for the perspective of, well, the people that that wrote it, which would be us. It would be. But the victors wrote that history. And the victors say that Hannibal Barca tried to invade Rome, lost, and Carthage was destroyed. It's unfortunate. I would have liked to meet him. Well, maybe he's still out there somewhere. Art shakes his head. No, I think if he was, he would have made an appearance by now, at least to see how the bloodline is doing. Laughs. As your stuff is processing here, and you guys have talked about a lot of things, including the domain and stuff, and she'll. So, whatever happened to Walter's stuff? She has a mischievous look. Walter's things? They've been stored properly. Yeah, did you go through them? Maybe. Maybe I did not. He's a terrible liar. He may be a terrible liar, but he also, I can't imagine, has any less than the grin that she has on it. Correct. She looks over at the progress bar on the stuff that's running. 
anything you want to share. And this is me offering you an opportunity to have a second set of eyes look at some of that data and go through it if you want an extra roll on that downtime stuff. Yes. Sick. Art is interested to see in what Raven says. As there's also secrets that he knows that he is going to keep separate from Walter's hardware stuff regarding the prince. I tell you what, give me a roll. Go ahead and do intelligence and technology for this one. Uh, for five. Wow. Apparently it's using NOS codes or something. No. So you got five hits. Raven got one, which I think just means that the stuff that she digs up uh, is mostly stuff that you've already dug up. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does put the information in somebody else's brain so that that may be useful later in some way. Um, You guys spend like an hour rooting through the digital archives of some of Walter's things. Uh, Given the result levels, you probably have set up some stuff that this has been curated in such a way that the truly damning evidence that you have found already has been removed. All of the very juicy bits are just for Art's eyes. Mm -hmm. What is a small detail that you would like to know? Actually, have we really talked a lot about what you found already? on camera i know we talked about like deposits and routinely arriving at elysiums and stuff right those were the two things that we really did that was prior to getting this particular sheet set up Mm -hmm. and since i haven't done any rolls on walter that's the majority of the stuff that he found okay so it would have been the regular Elysium visits up to when he stopped and then the financial payments and then the additional stuff for the five hits is I I recall an additional thing that you had discovered which was evidence pointing to the fact of seeking rate of progeny to embrace Jimmy Alter did? Uh, found evidence in Walter's stuff. For, oh, about right of progeny. For that. Okay. And uh, I talked briefly about the fact that Jimmy would have shared the the history that you know Carol Frenzy killed him by accident and then embraced him as an oopsie. Mm-hmm. Which that evidence found was like. Mm. Honestly, uh, I think that's what he's going to share. About the embrace? About the embrace. Okay. What is a small detail that she that Raven could have found in Walter's stuff that you would like to know? Because she did find something that you had missed. Ah, uh, small detail. Small detail. I think that... Damn. I think... I kind of feel like finding out something about the mall. Like, perhaps when it started to crater. Because, I mean, it's a mall. It should have been able to maintain its economic base for a lot longer than it did. So I think finding out exactly how or when it started going into dilapidated mode. Uh, and I think I have the perfect way for you to find that out. Ooh. In scrolling through some of the, these details that you guys have here, Raven points out a investment company that is part of uh, an investment company that is a major shareholder in what was going on with the mall. And she points at it and says, that... That is owned by Baron Rutger. Not 
directly, but that's like three shell companies down. And I don't think they're active anymore. You'll see it now. Yeah. Hmm. In his mind, Art's going, wait a second. Oh, that might be bad. Yeah, what's Art thinking that that might be bad? If Baron Rutger had a financial interest in keeping them all going, and Walter had an involvement in Cartwright's disappearance, and the prince obviously has a hand in this, the rest of the barons probably have a hand in this as well, which is why Springfield is split up the way it is. And by eating Walter and taking him out of the equation, more attention is going to be placed on the mall, on Paradise, than it normally would have if something had happened. I'll propose an additional idea or two that he could have. Mm Mm-hmm. Given what he knows, pulling financial support from the mall could be intentional to crater it, as you said earlier, so that nobody goes there and that things can be hidden away there. Mm-hmm. So it could be a smaller conspiracy than you had originally thought. And Rutger is Ventru, just like many other people in the city. Right. But if something is meant to be hidden here, which, okay, away from prying eyes, the fact that the Coterie is turning it around to bring people back is going to raise other suspicions. Very much could. But that does give a direction for Art to look in the near future when, you know, hunters and frenzied Malkavians and such. Indeed, it is many things for Art to think about. And there's one and two. It is the 30th of November, 2022. Um, uh, I guess we're doing a communism. The means of production. Uh, I'm 100% behind that. Yeah, no. Uh, <clears throat> in the ever expanding search for content, we are here. <laughs> yeah, we need so much because we don't record enough on the Wednesday to be able to split episodes. <laughs> I feel like a lot of our recent Wednesday sessions haven't had good breaking points to split them in half. Uh, they have not, and we've also been dropping significantly earlier than we usually do. Uh, yeah, I think that I think those two are two sides of the same problem in that it was one of those things like we're recording, and then since we haven't hit a good break point, we haven't taken a break, so then we would only have like can we get to a good ending point in 25, 30 minutes instead of now, which is a, a much better break point. Right. Which, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Cool. Uh, vampiric communism let's go um if memory serves she had just asked you some stuff and then just kind of like let it hang and then uh sure that's a-okay you remember it better than i do been distracting in the past few weeks with uh things going on Hunters and everything. Yeah. Lathe is dumb. Indeed. We do boxes and charts and stuff for going through Walter's shit. Yeah. 
it was alongside the other searches I was doing regarding Donovan and Rosemary. All of that was on the same page. This is what I had. I'm still apparently on the calendar. How about now? Still on the calendar. Try refreshing because my uh, my player's ribbon has you on the, the page that I'm looking at. There we go. Uh oh, you know what? I think the follow up on Walter we um focused on the other stuff first. Okay. I was just making sure that this was Yeah, this is the right one. Cause I remember I gave you some stuff that you found on there. Right. So yeah, I don't I think I had a couple of freebies, but I didn't actually do any any rolls. I tell you what, give me a roll. Alrighty. Uh, just whatever you think is appropriate. And then uh and I think we've about run up to a good point to leave it off for tonight. Sounds good. Unless there's anything else you got in mind. No, no, I don't think so. Looking at the rest of the stuff here, I think I can kind of table the Donovan thing for the moment. Yeah, no, I'm good. So if that is all, I will stop these recordings. Yeah, that feels like a good spot for tonight. Cool. This uh, Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle is a non-official, uh, fan-created work by the Without a Net podcast. Portions of the materials used in this actual play are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with their permission. All rights are reserved. For any further information in those regards or for upcoming releases, you can find them at World of darkness.com